said, I know you said we don't do protocols. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something I wanted to say to you too anyway. Um, you know, because I didn't get to, get to talk to you guys about this. But, you know, I do want to acknowledge the, the, the wonderful uh, example that you guys have set for us. You know, and I don't know if, if you know Dr. Marshall. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but you are pastoring right where you are in, oh, in right at, at your job. You know, you have your normal people that come in and they know you and you know them. That is the office of a pastor. Amen. So you're pastoring right where you are, and it's a beautiful thing to, to have that ministry. Amen. You know, and, and pastor, you're counseling right where you are. And like I said, you guys are inspiration to us. And I do want to acknowledge that. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, I see my parents in the back. You know, without them, I wouldn't be here. Uh, you know, they, they, gave, they gave me music. They gave me Jesus. You know, uh, they gave me everything that I have. And so, you know, love you, parents. Um, my wife and, and beautiful children and my, my sister. I love you all and, and you know they always got my back. Love you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let us pray real quick. God, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that we get to do this. God, we thank you that we get to come into your presence, God. And we get to come together and learn more about you. So God, we ask that I decrease and you increase. That God, that you would just speak through me and, and let hearts receive, oh God, what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start with a song real quick. Y'all let me know if y'all know this song. It's an old song, so everybody should know it.
So we have so many songs, right, that talks about God's uh, 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 unspeakable joy, right? You know, talking about joy in my soul, and, and, and we have so many different songs that talk about that. But how many of us really live in that reality? How many of us realistically wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning, and we say, hey, praise God, praise God, I got you, I got you, you got your, I got you, hey, neighbor, how you doing, I got you, what you got? And like, I got bills. And, uh, and it's 5 a.m., so obviously your joy is hyped up by caffeine. So, but realistically, most of us experience that joy probably when we first got saved, right? When we thought that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, you know, we kept a backpack to meet him on any given day. And um, after that, life happened. And the idea of being in the world and not of the world slowly dwindled away. And then we put that bag away, unpacked it, and we started living like everybody else. Stressed, overwhelmed, anxious about the future, depressed about the now. Frustrated with life and the pieces in it. Because when we first got unspeakable joy, at least for me, I know about y'all, I suddenly assumed that the hardships of life did not apply to me. Now, I don't know about y'all, that might just be me, you know. Um, but we slowly found our way from the facade of Christian life to the reality of Christian life. We discovered that the walk of faith beyond the baby Christian, we discovered that uh, it takes part God and that it takes part us to accomplish. For faith without works is? Dead. That's right. For it's like in the beginning, God was loud, you know, and, and he was big to draw you in. Uh, but at a certain point, God got quieter and quieter and quieter. And now, Many times I stood at the same level of faith saying, God, where are you? God, I, I don't hear you like I used to. I don't, I don't feel you like I used to. And it took me many years in the example of seasoned saints uh, to find out that milk doesn't require much. <laughs> but solid food. Amen. Yes. Yeah, just for the mature. Yeah. Solid food, which is for the mature, requires effort. For Hebrews 5 and 13 tells us anyone who has to drink milk is still a child without any experience in right and wrong. But solid food, on the other hand, is for the adults who through practice are able to distinguish between good and evil. So no longer, God, do I sit back and expect you to hand me everything, right? But I practice what's in your word. And therefore, I receive what I'm after. Mm -hmm. Amen. That is the mature faith of a believer. And that being said, I don't just expect joy to just fall on me, right? Mm -hmm. But I look in your word where joy is found and I practice it. Family, the title of my message is Life Hacks, the Joy of the Lord. Life Hacks, the Joy of the Lord. I'm going to tell you all in advance. 
Uh, this ain't about to be some deep message uh, that I'm going to receive my revelation. Uh, I simply opened my Bible. I looked where joy was found. Um, I looked what gave people joy. Where was joy mentioned that when people do this, they receive joy from it. And I encourage you to look these things up yourselves and, and see if you can find more avenues of what brings, what brings joy in, in a person's life. But before you do that, let's first have the right perspective on uh, what, what truly to expect uh, of joy. Should we expect a great exuberant feeling all the time? You know, like when we first got saved? Are we supposed to go dancing in the street every day like some sort of Christian flash mob? You know? <laughs> Now, I don't deny that those are applications, there are applications of joy that make you feel that way, right? But let's make this practical so you can see this, uh, this fruit of it every day in your life. Amen? Amen. So what exactly is joy? Joy literally comes, uh, biblically in the Bible, it comes from to be bright or to shine. To get joy is literally to lighten up. All right, so you ever heard somebody say, oh, just lighten up. You know, that, that lightening up feeling, that's what joy is, Right? Uh, another definition is great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. And I really want to uh, key in on, on those words, uh, delight that is caused by satisfaction, right? It's getting gratification in God's goodness. Another way of explaining it is to think of joy as related to the word enjoyment, right? It's finding enjoyment in the good things in life that God designed for you to have. So if there's one thing for you to know, one thing I want you to pull away from, from uh, what God is saying, is that joy is supposed to be available to the son and daughter of God through the Spirit. Let me say that again. Joy is supposed to be available to the son and daughter of God through the Spirit. So how do we get it? Now, we, we, we know this already. Faith and works, sowing and reaping, submission to God. These are all spiritual words that we're used to hearing in church, right? But they simply mean choices and decisions. If you choose to do what God, said, what God says in his word about joy, then you'll have joy. It's that simple. That's how you live and you walk in the spirit like Galatians 5 talks about. On the contrary, if you choose the opposite, then you will have the opposite, right? That's the difference between walking by the Spirit or walking by the flesh. This is what I call a life hack because a hack is supposed to be something that makes your life easier. Amen? Um, so I'm going to give you that, the, the, these, these hacks, these keys uh, that, that should make enjoyment easier to obtain. Alright? So let's go to the Scripture. Now I'm going to go through quite a bit of Scriptures. Uh, this will be the time to take notes. Amen. Um, you know, like, like I said, you know, these, these are things that I, I just looked up and, you know, just found it sitting right there. Uh, I encourage everybody to do the same thing, you Amen. know. Um, but let's go through it. And so I'm going to have my, my beautiful wife, I'm going to have her be my reader. Amen. You know? <laughs> read. Read. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the first thing, you know, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll say the, the principle and then I'll give the scripture. Okay. Amen. Uh, and then I'll also give the, the, uh, the context of what the scripture is talking about and then, you know, kind of go from there. So the first thing that, that gives you joy, brings you joy, parties and gatherings with other people of like-mindedness brings joy. Let me say that again. Parties and gatherings 
with other people of like-mindedness brings joy. I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles 30 and 26. And I'll ask love that you read from the New King James Version. Sure, 26. Yeah, 2 um, Chronicles 30 and 26. Give me, give me says, a second. You said it comes to your success. When you're there, say amen. <laughs> 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 Let's read it joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Keep going. That's it? You said verse 26. Okay. Now I was making sure I got oh, this okay. my phone's over there. So, uh, this was an occurrence where the people of God hadn't celebrated the festival in this capacity in decades, right? Um, the celebration was so live that they carried it on another seven days. Um, they had the same goal in mind, and they found much joy in doing it together. See, as an introvert, this challenged me. I'm an introvert. I, I don't, I'm not one to talk most of the time. You know, when I, when I get up here, it's different because, you know, God anoints me. But normally I'm a quiet person. I like to go on my hole. I like to be alone. Amen. <laughs> I like to recharge. <laughs> you know, I like to recharge in my solitude. By myself. <laughs> but sometimes it's important to do what we need to do and not what we want to do. Right? Amen. See, we need people. Amen. From the very first creation of man, God acknowledged and made known to us that it is not healthy for man to be alone. Y'all see my daughter, she's, she's my joy, y'all. <laughs> my little joy right there. <laughs> Amen. But God said, it is, not, it is not healthy for man to be alone all by himself. This is also why God says, don't forsake the assemblings of yourselves. Amen. 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 Why? Because it's healthy for man to have somebody to do life with. Amen. Right? Uh, and I'm not encouraging everybody to go out and get married if you're not married. That's not what I'm saying. But... Have people in your life that you can share life with, yeah. you know, uh, family, friends, church family, etc. Uh, gather together with people who share the same morals and values as you. That that gives you, that gives you a sense of joy, you know. Take them and go out, go out places, go to the mall, you know. Go have coffee, you know. Uh, just practice getting together, you know, and sharing life with somebody. A great a great place to experience that kind of enjoyment um, is weddings. You know, we, we went to one recently, and, and, you know, once I kind of applied this, you know, to that, I had so much fun. You know, just just because being being at a wedding, you're like, you're, it's, it's a celebrating thing that, you know, two people coming before God, it's a holy thing. And everybody's there for the same reason, and, you know, everybody shares in that same joy. It's, it's, it's amazing. Amen. You know, so if you're invited to a wedding, just go, you know, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate a whole day occurrence. Eat, dance, have a great time with people who are all there for the same reason. It helps bring enjoyment to your life. Amen. 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 Going to the next one. Um, giving charity or offering brings joy. Amen. I know y'all about to get, oh, here we go. Another preacher talking about money. <laughs> First Chronicles, oh, I'm sorry. Giving charity or offering brings joy. 
That's First Chronicles 29 and 17. Yep, First Chronicles 29 and 17. First Chronicles 29 and 17 reads, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Amen. So in this context, the whole assembly was gathering before God. Uh, David was crowning his son Solomon as the next king. And David was explaining about uh, the temple, like what needed to be done, what needed to be bought, you know, the, the materials that they needed. He was telling everybody about it. Uh, what needed to be given. And David himself had given of his own finance. Um, and he asked who would do the same, right? And all the leaders stepped forward willingly, and the people gave willingly, and it caused great joy. How beautiful. See, as a believer, everything you do is unto the Lord, right? And what I mean is, if you give, it's an act of worship to God. If you work, the act of working is a reflection of God in your relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Whatever you do as a believer, it is forever inseparable from your stance as a Christian. For example, I'm going to tell you all, um, a, a couple years ago, I had a job as a security supervisor, right? So we had a team of like five people. I was, I was in charge of five people uh, over a 820,000 square foot warehouse. Now the warehouse people, they have their own workers. They have about uh, hundreds of workers on a shift, right? We're a team of five. So I tell my team what to do, I tell them where to go, I tell them, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and if there was ever uh, an incident or, or a problem that one of my officers did, right? Now all my officers, they're people, you know, let's call them Jane and John Doe, you know, Ray Silver. You know, we, we have names, we have lives, we have, you know, our own families, we have our own personalities. But if Jane Doe did something wrong, right, and, and the, 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 the warehouse people saw it, they didn't say Jane Doe messed up. They said security messed up, right? They didn't say Jane Doe messed up because Jane Doe has issues. They said security has issues, right? So all of us were included in her mess up or his mess up, right? And it's the same thing how people view Christians. And rightly so, because uh, we belong to Christ. Yeah. So if a pastor is caught in a sex scandal, yeah. the world doesn't see the flaw in that particular man, right? Yeah. They see, look at what Christians do. Mm -hmm. I thought Christians were supposed to be fill in the blank, mm -hmm. you know? So if the world views it this way, then why don't we? If I work my tail off, it's because Christians work to, unto God, right? If I help my neighbor by watching their kids when they get off the bus, it's because Christians love their neighbors as they love themselves. So back to giving. Whatever I give brings me joy because Christians give to God, not people. You want to know how you can help an enemy? It's because you're not giving to the enemy. You're giving to God. Mm. Amen? Amen? And always remember, when you give to the Lord, 
a reward is stored up in heaven for you. Amen. We are temporary aliens in this world. Amen. Temporary. Amen. And when we go home, there will be treasures in heaven based on how we gave to God. Mm -hmm. so to other people. Yes. Right? That's the one reason, uh, it, that's one reason why it can give you joy. Um, but I'm not just talking about money. God has given the human race so much to be able to give to others. We all have spiritual gifts, and they're not just to serve our own purposes. You know, but they're there, but we're to use them as a means of giving to others. So when we give those spiritual gifts, when you give your time, when you give your money, or you give your attention uh, to someone who feels forgotten or worthless, you know, God put it in your DNA to get gratification from that. So let me give you a couple examples. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, when I was with um, another ministry, which shall already nameless, uh, but we came from the ministry together, just to say that. But um, there, there was a time, man, that it, it was, I, I, I struggled. I had a hard time. I, I was depressed very often. And, you know, I won't say that I was suicidal in the sense that, you know, I would take my own life, but the thoughts were constant, constant, every day. Woke up, suicidal thoughts. Went to bed, suicidal thoughts. Like, it was constant. I was in a very, very, very low place, right? And it had just been the, the, the night after one of the services, I felt, you know, I felt disrespected. I felt rejected. I felt despondent. Anything, anything bad you can think of, that's how I felt. Right? And we were on our way home, and we was like, you know, let's just get something to eat. So we went to my wife's favorite place, which is Chipotle. <laughs> you look at the car right now, you'll find some Chipotle. <laughs> but we went to Chipotle, and it was in the middle of, of a brisk winter. I'm talking, you stand outside for a couple of seconds, and your fingers will feel like, like frostbite, you know? Like you wouldn't dare be outside without a jacket. It's, it's, it's so cold, right? And so we pulled up to Chipotle, and I see this man, this homeless man, and he's standing there, no jacket, short sleeve shirt. You remember? Yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. Short sleeve such compassion in my heart came over me and I was wearing a very nice jacket it was my favorite jacket my parents gave me the jacket mom and dad I'm sorry because y'all don't know this <laughs> it was my favorite jacket and I just felt something in me so I gave it to him and so I walked up and I gave it to him and I said this is because God loves you and when I got back in that that car I felt such a peace and enjoyment to continue life. That's what giving does. That's what giving does. Aside from that, God has given uh, God's given me the spiritual gift of exhortation, uh, which is like encouragement and it's motivation uh, to get you to do something, right? So, do you know how many how much joy I get? From seeing someone who is discouraged about something 
and to be able to turn their thinking completely around so they feel better loved or comforted. Gives me great joy for that. Gives me great gratification uh, uh, to, to find people who are stuck in life and give them the motivation uh, to go and pursue their purpose and what's in their heart. It's a beautiful thing, you know. Like I said, that, that's not something that I have to begrudgingly do. It's just, it, it comes natural, and, and, and the result for me is enjoyment, is fulfillment, is satisfaction, gratification, purpose. Amen. Purpose. Amen. So when you give, you receive enjoyment. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's move to the next one. About halfway through, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say we're almost through because you know when the when the is through. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick, y'all. It's a trick. <laughs> so the next one is finishing or accomplishing something. Finishing or accomplishing something. That's going to be in Ezra 3, 12 through 13. I'm excited. I'm like, we're finishing something. Yeah. Ezra 3, 12-13. Ezra 3, 12-13 says, But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. Amen. So I'm going to give a little context, because I know it's like weeping and joy. Um, but in this point in history, the nation had already been in exile, and now they, had, they were starting to trickle back in their homeland, uh, where the walls of the city had been broken down, and their temple had been destroyed. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the temple in Israel, uh, but it wasn't like a church or a synagogue. The temple could have been one of the greatest wonders of the world, honestly. And I don't know if you guys can see this. I'm going to kind of try to walk around with it a little bit. But this is Solomon's temple, or what they, what they believe was Solomon's temple kind of looked like. Now, I don't know if you guys can see, but the doorway right here, the doorway is like extremely high. Right? So if you were standing in front of the doorway, you probably would, let's just say it's big, all right? It's really big. So we're not talking about, okay, they just, you know, their, their enemies came and just destroyed some church. No, this was like, they destroyed like, you know, like a mall. You know, it was like that big, right? Um, and so that's how large and glorious the temple was. Um, it also had like, like everything inside the temple was gold. Everything. From the utensils uh, to, to the candelabra to uh, the doors, everything was gold. And then when, when the light from the sun would shine on, on, in the temple, it would sparkle and gleam. And, and it, it just represented the glory of God. It was a beautiful, beautiful temple. And it got destroyed when, when they went into exile. So now as they're coming back, uh, it was a daunting task to rebuild. And they even had complications. But after much time... Uh, they finished the foundation, right? So, like I said, you know, everything got destroyed, and now they're able to kind of rebuild at least the foundation. And, and that was the reason for some of the weeping 
because those who uh, uh, were, were of, of the prior, they, they knew the prior temple and its glory, right? And so they knew that this temple was probably not going to compare, but those who didn't know anything about the past, they know, okay, man, we're rebuilding the temple. This is an amazing thing. This is awesome, right? And so I want to talk about those people, right? Um, so it was a great accomplishment. And I can definitely relate to that. Whenever, whether it's like a small task or a big task, uh, just the just the act of completing something that you set out to do, um, uh, you feel a sense of accomplishment. Yes. You know, you feel that that feeling of satisfaction, of gratification, of enjoyment. You know, whether it's putting a table together or you know whether it's uh, uh, buying a house. You know, um, but just completing something. You know, accomplishing something. Um, so let that motivate you when you feel lazy some days. Alright, the next one is enjoying the fruits of your labor. It's your right. Enjoying the fruits of your labor is your right. It's Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. And I'm going to ask you to read from the Good News Translation. Good news. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. How are we doing, y'all? Doing good. All right. <laughs> All right. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20, and the GNT. Good news. Here is what I have found. The best thing we can do is eat and drink and enjoy what we have worked for during the short life that God has given us. This is our faith. If God gives us wealth and property and let us, lets us enjoy them, we should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. It is a gift from God. Since God has allowed us to be happy, we will not worry too much about how short life is. Amen. Yes, amen. It is the gift of God to enjoy what you have worked for. That's a gift of God, y'all. Yeah, that's that's not man's gift. That's not something that man. That's that's God's gift to you. Um, enjoy what you work for. You know, uh, we bought into the earthly American dream to always work and get ahead and get more, work more to get more, never stop working to have more. And I'm not saying don't work hard, um, but if all you do is work hard and never enjoy what you work for, what's the point? You know, um, Jesus gave a parable that this man had worked and he stored up and he stored more and then he built bigger, uh, pretty much banks, you know, it was barns, it was banks. He built bigger banks to hold more of his wealth. And then Jesus said, you fool, you fool. God's going to take your life tonight. <laughs> so, if, 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 so what was it all for if you helped no one and you did nothing with it? Amen. It's just paper sitting in a bank. That's it. You know, um, time is short. Life is short, and we're running out of it. We're running out of time, yeah. you know? Um, so it is God's gift to enjoy what we work for. So enjoy it. You know, take a vacation. Spend precious moments with people who you love and make memories, you know? Amen. That is God's gift to you. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. One of my last, last points, I'm going to put these two together because they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, you don't have to turn here. I need you to turn here. But you don't have to turn here, because uh, I'm trying to go through them a little, a little quickly. Um, but the next part that brings joy, I think the best for last. Music and singing <laughs> bring joy. Amen. That 
and then being in the presence of God brings joy. So the first one, music and singing brings joy. That's uh, 1 Chronicles 15, 16, uh, New King James Version. of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers accompanied by instruments of music, stringed instruments, harps, and cymbals, by raising the voice with resounding joy. Amen. And then being in God's presence brings joy. And I'm sure all y'all pretty much know this one. This is probably the first thing you think about when you think joy. Uh, Psalm 1611. That's great. Um, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness, fullness of, of joy. joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. Yes. Love it. Now I'm going to say this. It does not take music to get into the presence of God. Right? But it is easiest and it's the quickest. It's the easiest and quickest way to get into a manifested presence of God. I'm going to also say this. When you worship... It's an intimate and personal thing between you and God. Amen. It's like a married couple having intimate conversations or other forms of intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, when you're in public and you're around people, it is much more difficult to focus on your intimacy when people are around you, right? And when you have a consciousness that people can see you. For example, uh, there's things that I will refrain from doing with Kim when I know y'all can see. I'm not trying to do it on the slide. But I'm going to refrain from doing it openly, Amen. right? <laughs> so how do I get a deeper level of intimacy with her that's not hindered by my fear of what people can see? Do it in private. Amen. Do it in private. Right? Amen. The intimacy you see in public will only be a fraction of what we experience in private. Wow. It's the same with God. When we worship together, you're only going to give a fraction of, of intimacy because you're conscious that people can see you. Right? If you want a deeper level of intimacy and get a fullness of satisfaction and enjoyment out of being in God's presence, you must do it in private. And of course, I'm not saying that you can't experience a level of intimacy with God and joy with Him in front of people, right? But from personal experience, there's such deeper levels of enjoyment with God when you worship Him by yourself and when nobody can see or hear you. It's a beautiful thing, y'all. When you want your joy to overflow, worship God in secret. Amen. If you want to have a knowing of answers to your questions without even having to ask them, get in the presence of God when nobody's looking. Amen. Thank you. If you want all the things that you're worried and stressed about to become small in your mind, make a big deal about God when it's just you and Him. Amen. Yeah. Go to your bathroom and turn on the fan and tell your family not to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your man cave or your she shed and, 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 and close the door and, and, and turn on your phone to YouTube so some of your favorite worship songs so you can just have a good time. Yes, so good. Sit in your car in the driveway at night or in your garage and turn on your favorite songs to sing to them and then just put them on repeat. Yeah. Yes. 
There's no situation where you can't be alone with God at some point in your day or your week. If there is, then just pray for a time, and I guarantee you God will answer your prayer. Because he wants it better than you. That's how much God loves you. So, if you don't know what to say, just start thinking of all the things you're thankful for, uh, and just say, say or sing that, right? Make a game of it. God likes games. Um, <laughs> yeah. see, see if you can use the letters of the alphabet, you know, and call out, like, the good things about them. I've done this before. Oh my goodness. Like, like, A, God, you're amazing. B, God, you're my best friend. C, God, you're my counselor. D, God, you're a doctor when I'm sick, etc. right? Um, so, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. So, I actually did this same job, you know, security in a warehouse, and we had to do uh, um, our patrols in that warehouse. And like I said, it's 800 and, and, and uh, 20,000 square feet. So to walk the entire thing, it's about four miles. So each day, I would walk four miles just by myself, going in and out the aisles, and I'd sing to God, and I'd imagine myself in heaven, uh, worshiping and talking to God. And I tell you, I have, I never felt such peace Consistently, I never felt such enjoyment out of life. Consistently, I never felt such closeness to God than, than when I in that time when I used to do that. You know, I, you know, something that I definitely need to get back to. Um, but there was no greater joy in my life consistently than when I had that time every day. Um, now, this next part I'm gonna say for mature believers only, okay? Because uh, not everybody has the discipline to handle this, right? Um, aside from singing and dancing and worship. I believe there's nothing wrong with finding music that makes you feel good, but does not take you back to a sinful place. Amen. Right? So I'll, I'll tell you another example. Uh, on my birthday, a couple years back, I don't know what it was about my birthday. It's like every every birthday, I would kind of get down, or like get sad. And I don't know. Maybe I just felt like I wasn't like progressing in life, and I was just getting older. Um, but you know, I, I woke up and I was just kind of sad, and just kind of you know, just kind of feeling down, and then. I threw on my 90s playlist, right? <laughs> I threw on my 90s jams, and I tell you, like, in about 10 minutes, just listening to my jams, I, I perked up and I was just one another day. You know? Um, again, I'm talking to the mature, right? Spiritual people who know which songs lift their spirits and then which songs uh, they know that makes them want to sing. I'm talking to you people who have the discipline to play what lifts you and skip what tempts you. <laughs> Play what lifts you, skip what tempts you. Now remember, you belong to God, and everything you do is to God's glory, right? So that means if you want to listen to SWV Week, you know, because it's nostalgic and it brings you to a happy place, then the Lord is pleased in your enjoyment, right? But if you listen to Jenny Ron Pony, and it's going to take you to a different place, turn it off. Whatever your song is, you don't know my song. <laughs> that was from the 90s. Okay. <laughs> now, if you can't tell the difference and you don't know how to hit the skip button when it's appropriate, uh, well, then keep those songs in the past. Worship music only for you. Amen. Right? Amen. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, right. Okay. Uh, so, the last thing. I'm going to encourage about praise and worship, right? Uh, I'm going to ask some help from my better half. Uh, I'm going to pick, I think, one of the, one of the children, maybe Jaden, because you know, he likes to dance and stuff. Oh, yeah, Jaden. Jaden. Um, 
and I'm gonna ask for a for So I'm gonna ask for I'm gonna ask for a brave soul. We're gonna, we're gonna do a little demonstration for y'all. See usual. Yes. See another reason why we don't have joy and praise and worship, music and singing and dancing is because we're not doing it right. Right. You know? Uh, praise and worship is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be exciting, right? Uh, remember, God instituted seven annual feasts and, and, and festivals, and all the festivals had music, singing, dancing. It just was a part of it, right? Um, you don't have to catch the Holy Ghost in order to have fun and dance. Amen. There's nothing in the Bible that says that, you know? Um, the, uh, the way that the Jewish people praise God, which is the original praise, right? It looks a lot different and a lot freer than what we've allowed ourselves to become now. Um, See, we think about, you know, we think about that, that dancing to the, uh, to the Lord has to be uh, shout music, and, and we think it has to be done alone, and we think that it has to be, you know, one, two, three, right? One, two, three, go, right? <laughs> we, think, we think it has to be the bunny hop, you know, or the bound power. <laughs> that, that's what we think it has to be. So I just want to demonstrate for y'all, uh, if we got a little, little space. I want to demonstrate for y'all what, what the Jewish people do. What's wrong? No, uh, the locks. Yeah, okay. yeah it moved, though. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it moved. It moved. Yeah. David, come help us out. Okay. Oh, no, oh, no. All right, come on. If I got a brave soul, y'all come to praise for the fun. Don't hurt. I'm not going to try that. Take my shoes off. I would, but I don't have to unzip and all that. Come on, come on, come on. Right? 